You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. It's not always a football podcast. Today, it is a football podcast. I think we decided there's five weeks left of regular season football. Is that right? Correct. That doesn't seem real. Like, it's impossible. We knew it would go fast. It always does. And we've missed a couple of weeks here, but I can't imagine this. But aren't the playoffs like 14 weeks now? The playoffs never changed. We just added a couple games. Yeah, you're right. Speaking of playoffs real quick, though, the Indiana Pacers. You guys been following the Pacers? Um, I've heard they've been playing well. Ali is a superstar. Love him. I knew that when, when, yeah, I knew when the, when the Pacers traded for him, I knew he was, he was as advertised. Did you watch that game the other night against Boston? Saw highlights, couldn't stay up for it. I just, I didn't watch it all. But yeah, when the Pacers are beating the Boston Celtics, they can make some splash. Well, it was a playoff game. It's a end season tournament. They're headed to uh, well, today's today's Thursday. If you're listening, Pacers play at five today in, in Vegas, neutral court against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, if they win that game and then the next, uh, they are in season tournament champions. Yeah, yo. I've actually got a bet. It was a three dollar and seventy eight cent bet. Hold up real quick that I placed before the tournament started. There's an odds boost on FanDuel. And if the Pacers can win two games in a row here, boys. Toughest two coming, though. Well, maybe not after the Celtics. What'd you say? I, I just said toughest two left, but they already beat the Celtics, so they could do it. Yeah, like I almost feel better about them playing Milwaukee than New York. Yeah. Like, like, I know they're going to show up for Milwaukee. Like, I could see them kind of stepping off the gas for New York. But Milwaukee, they're going to be all in. Like, uh, yeah. $3.78 bet pays two eleven if they win this tournament. My cash out right now is $20. Wow. wow. It's a weak they cash don't out. believe. Dude, Hallie B. Dude, he's a he's real B. deal. He's so good. Guy's wow. so good. Tony, I wish you uh, knew, about, knew about Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, I just don't watch a lot of basketball. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. There's so many games. There's That's the big thing for me. Like, I'm bitching and moaning about football being over so fast, but that's really the only way it can keep my attention is it's three days a week, sometimes four. Uh, now it's four yeah. sometimes, which I like that too. But it's a short season. It's easy to literally you can watch every game happening, and I don't feel like you can do that with basketball. It's hard, yeah, and especially like with the Pacers, they're on Bally Sports, and nobody has Bally Sports unless you have some obscure cable provider that actually has the package involved in it, or you can pay for their app that's twenty five dollars a month and doesn't work. Wow, like it's it's really bad. So um, I do know a way, by the way. My Fire Stick. Oh. You know about this? The dark no, web? No, I've I've been watching though illegally. Dark web. Okay. Dude. How's the Fire Stick work? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a probably an illegal streaming service. Then you just basically click through. What I like about the Fire Stick is it's really good at blocking all the pop-ups, and these websites are like really good at forcing you to click on ads. And some of the ads all are right. very suspicious. Like I'm sure some of the ads are just fucking malware that's going to take my banking information and send it off to some other country. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> but what I like about the Fire Stick is that it will pop up. Like when I click something, it'll pop and be like, hey, do you want to be redirected? Did you Basically, did you mean to click that? And if you say no, the, web, <laughs> the website sees it as a click, but the pop-up never happens. And so you can force right. your way through their, their forced ads without ever having to see them. You're totally safe. Well, I say totally safe. This sounds worrisome. It's very worrisome. <laughs> totally <laughs> safe. <laughs> It's very worse. You just have to call the government after you accidentally click on something and let them know it's a mistake, and <laughs> they'll send you a secret code, and then you have to type that in. Yeah, excuse me, is Joe Biden available? Because I just clicked something really suspicious. Uh, that's not I'm trying work. to watch the Pacers. 
Okay. Um, moving on. Moving on. I'd, my first thought was about how we're going to try to watch the Thursday night game. No, no, we not. <laughs> we're not, not even going to try. Gonna have to, no, oh God, no. I'll put oh, it on. God, no. I'm going to turn it on. Oh no! no, no. Put on, put on the NBA tomorrow night. It's both the semifinal games for the tournament. I just watch that instead. I promise you, it'll be better. Oh. I would love if the NFL gets all-time low viewings for this game coming up. Yes, they yeah. do this to themselves. These Thursday night matchups are just oh my! Last Thursday, great game. It was supposed to be, though. Wasn't supposed to be as good as it was, but it was supposed to be a good game. Most of these games that we get on Thursdays are just snooze fests, and we know it from the very beginning. Like, sometimes there's injuries. All these Jets games, we're supposed to have Aaron Rodgers. Get it. But outside of that, like, we can tell from the beginning of the year what games are going to be good and bad. Why can't the NFL? Well, I mean, we looked at the slate, like, Obviously, some weeks are going to be better than others, and you can't put the Chiefs on every Thursday night game. So, you are, I mean, the way it shakes out, like Sunday night and Monday nights, I was going to get the priority. So, that's probably what's happening. But, my God, they are awful. And you've got to get, like, every team in there at least once, I think is what they try to do. But but you're right. It's fucking, it is fucking brutal. It is bad. And it's always it's so just, bad. like, the bad offenses. Like, Give me the Saints and the Bucks. Like, that's two bad teams, but I feel like I'd at least get more fireworks there than fucking Steelers and who are they playing? The, yeah, the the Patriots. Yeah. They scored bad. like 20 points in the last four weeks. It's going to be bad. Actually, okay, listen to this. I, I just saw this. This popped up on my phone um, just a few minutes ago. I took a picture of it to make sure I discussed it. The Patriots, okay, since week nine have allowed the fewest points in the entire NFL. And they've lost every game. That's bad. 40, they've only allowed 46 points since week nine. And they're 0-4. Listen to this. The other four teams on this list, the 49ers are next in line. They've allowed 49. They're 4-0. The Dolphins have allowed 62, and they're 3-1. Ravens have allowed 66 and they're three and one, and the Colts have allowed 67 and they're four and zero. So all these teams are three and one or four and zero, and the Patriots have allowed least amount of points on all those teams and by a lot. Zero and four. Yeah, and and it's not just by like two points less. Like no, it's a lot less. Yeah, last week summed up the Patriots season. They covered the spread without scoring a point. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, it is nuts, man. I think we're about to see a new era come up here in the next few years for the old Patriots. Oh, guys. They have to, they have to draft a quarterback. Well, they yeah. have to. Yeah, they're going to. I'll have a chance. We talked about a few yeah. things that we might want to talk about. I don't want to talk about the Patriots sucking because they're so fucking bad, and everybody knows yeah, it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we could talk about some of these playoff teams that we think might fall out. You had mentioned the Browns and how wild it was. The Browns are still in it. I think they're a team that could fall out. We could. What were some What's other things? The Browns' remaining schedule. Let's look at that. I got you. The Browns. Yeah, remain... Good. Browns' remaining schedule um, actually pretty favorable looking. They are at home against Jacksonville. They're home against the Bears without Trevor. Yep. Um, they're at Houston. Could be a tough game. Uh, home against the Jets. That's that is a primetime game that you're not going to watch, not going to want to watch at least. Yeah. And then at the Bengals to finish out the season. Okay, without Burrow. I mean, yep. the Browns still have the best defense in the NFL. So they're going to win some games there. Two or three yeah. games they're going to win. They've definitely got a chance. That's a lot Man. better than I thought. Man, all right, let's go to the Colts. What's the Colts' remaining schedule? Oh, buddy. Because they struggled to put the Titans away, and that was ugly. It was a division game, though, dude. Know, Those games are all I told you that. Come on, dude. They play Come each other on, tough. Dude. dude, the Titans aren't strong at all. Okay, what's what do we have left? At the Bengals. Okay. okay. Home against Pittsburgh. Okay. At the Falcons. 
Okay. Home against Vegas and home against the Texans. What I fear is that Texans game is going to be a playoff game. It is a playoff game. Yep. Yeah. I think they lose two of those. That makes sense. Too. Yeah, I think two makes sense. I want to say one. I want to say they used to lose to Houston, but that tells me. Uh, either Houston or Vegas. Yeah. Just one of those. I just can see yes. something happening with one of those. Yeah. Um, what what I'll say about real quick without getting too deep into the Colts right now, but as a fan, like we don't have a start like our starting quarterback. We don't have a star quarterback right now, but I feel more confident playing any football team right now than I felt since Andrew Luck left. Like, and I, I think it comes down to the coaching. Like anytime, like in the last few years, like Pittsburgh always comes to town. It feels like it's at least every other year, but you can just chalk that up as a loss, whether Andrew Luck's your quarterback, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, just chalk it up as a loss because Mike Tomlin's going to out coach Frank Reich. Like there's just no confidence there. But right now with Shane Steichen, all these, like, I feel like we could go five and zero. Oh. Like, I don't really see like a collapse scenario for the Colts. They're, I think they're playing that good. Um, Who do they play yeah. after Pittsburgh? Atlanta. That could be that's tough. You know, yeah, that's a wild. And in card my game mind, me, when know. when I said two games, I'm gonna chalk up a loss to Houston. They're playing really, really good, and and Stroud, yeah, Houston, and then one of Vegas or Atlanta. Yes, and that's kind of what I thought. That's, in my that's head. what I meant. And it could yeah. be both, Houston, but. Vegas yeah. or Atlanta. I think they lose two games. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I just, just go ahead, Corey. Go ahead. So no, just, you're, there's just the Corey, confidence. You're being rude. If Daniel. they played the dolphins week, one of the playoffs, you'd still have that confidence. I don't feel like we have no hope. Like we should we win that game? No, but the, I mean, this team wins dirty, man. They, they don't give a fuck how they get it done. Like I, 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 I would say we definitely have a chance of beating them. I don't feel defeated going into that game at all. Where whenever we went um, Colts playing the Bills a few years ago with Phillip Rivers, I did not feel good about that game whatsoever. And we lost. It was a good game, but there's just one confidence there. It's just like this feeling of imminent failure because to, of, of yes. the coaching staff. To Corey's point, I totally get it. I realized this last week during the Titans game, and you're right, uh, Daniel, it wasn't a fun game to watch. Like there were fun moments. The, the special teams, awesome. Like there was some really fun stuff that happened in that game. But overall, it was kind of underwhelming. It wasn't like a great game. But yeah, I mean, a couple of special teams plays don't happen, and the Colts that game isn't close. The thing about it that I realized though was, yeah, Garner Minshew's not this superstar franchise stud. But I, in the last several weeks, I kind of forgot about Anthony Richardson. Like, Gardner Minshew is the starting quarterback. And I'm not saying that Richardson should be forgotten about. Probably shame on me. I think Richardson has so much to offer that I don't even realize because he was lost to injury game one, game three, game five for the rest of the season or something like that. Like, we just haven't seen a lot of it. But from what we've seen out of the coaching and the quarterback play, yeah, I'm with you, Corey. Like, I don't think this is a superstar team. Worst case scenario, they get 10 wins. I think I've said that from the very beginning of the season. This is the worst case that's happening to Colts fans and to the Colts organization because they're winning a bunch of games to what? Let's imagine they go and beat, let's imagine they beat Miami. I mean, then what? Like, they're not making it. This is not a Super Bowl roster. It's not a super, the coach alone isn't going to make it happen. And so ultimately what's going to happen here is the Colts are going to win a bunch of games. They're going to get a fan base excited. They're going to get the team rallied, and that's great for next year. But for a later draft pick and, you know, what, are we going to, what do we have to show for it? I was trying to find it. I, I saw a uh, chart about the Colts today. It was like offensive and defensive proficiency, proficiency and it was like, because offense was here, defense was here on the bottom, and then they kind of had it angled out into tiers, and way up here in the corner was the 49ers, and then there was, like, the second. And we were – the Colts were right in line with – it was the the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Colts, the Packers were there. Packers, I think we should talk about here soon. And then there were, like, one or two other teams that were pretty good. And the Colts were right up there in offensive defensive proficiency, so – I don't, I'm not saying Super Bowl team, but there's just a confidence there that I haven't seen in a while. No, I get it. 
I was I was glad to see that the part of the game plan was for Gardner to air it out this past Absolutely. game. That's what they've been missing. The, you know, it's it's very predictable when you just dink and dunk all in game and it's like excruciating to watch and you're like, is there anything else on? Like who else could I be watching? This is just brutal to watch. But then now I mean, two deep balls to Alec Pierce and a lot of mid-range throws to Pittman. It's like this offense became enjoyable to watch in Tennessee, and that was a great game. I mean, I, you said it was horrible to watch. I disagree. I didn't say it was horrible. I, too. I didn't say it was, it was horrible. A super fun game. No, no, no. It was just a super fun game to watch outside of fandom, like as just an NFL fan. I loved it. Um, but Gardner throwing deep changes that whole game. Well, yeah, now that every game moving forward, absolutely. People now have to like they they respected Alec Pierce before. Just there's analytics that show you know his routes run and everything, but now they're really really gonna have to respect him because if they leave that alone whatsoever, now they know he's not afraid to throw it. So hopefully they can tap into that a little bit more. The Let's, fact that Alec Pierce had his first 100 yard game of his career shows you what the Colts have done all year. Alec Pierce has dropped a lot of balls. I don't have the stats in front of me, but Alec Pierce hasn't had a 100-yard game because he's dropped the ball, and I believe it. I mean, I've seen it. There's one every game where he's open, available, and the ball's coming his direction, and he just doesn't get there. And I'm not dogging him for it. He's young. We aren't patient enough with wide receivers. They're not all Jamar Chases. They're not all, you know, we talked before the show about Mike Evans. Like, dude burst onto the league, came into the league as a Hall of Famer. We didn't even know it yet. Like, they're not all that guy. Wide receivers take some time. I think Alec Pierce is, but, is a guy. But Also, they need to actually devote, like, draft capital. Look at the last wide receiver they drafted high. And I'm talking in the first 40 picks. It's Michael Pittman. He's a superstar. He is a superstar. And you think of the last time the Colts have dedicated a pick in the top 40 picks to was a it, wide receiver. Was it Marvin? Reggie? Reggie Wayne? I mean, yeah. what? I, that was probably Anthony so Gonzalez. No one can remember. Anthony Gonzalez. Exactly. I mean, it's been so long. It's like, yeah, you're going to be impatient with third and fourth round guys because it's like make or break. Like, are you going to make this team or not? Like, we got to see something from you quick. But if they have draft capital, they could be more patient with them. Um, Alec Pierce has played like 95% of the snaps this year for the Colts. So he does have a role on that offense. Um, and I think part yeah. of that role is, well, <laughs> he's, role. He, he's, he's opening up the field for Pittman, who's having a huge year. And the Colts need to lock Pittman up yesterday. Like this I can't is, believe they haven't done that already. Yeah, it's getting stupid because that guy is a legit superstar. Are you ready for this stat? Um, Michael Pittman, as of right now, passed Marvin Harrison. I was waiting for this stat. I knew somebody would bring it For up. the most receptions by a Colts player in his first four seasons. He passed Marvin Harrison. And we have five games to go. So he just did, and he's going to obliterate Marvin Harrison's record. Yep. Yeah, he'll be that's, 50 That's over. crazy. Marvin Harrison's just like a no thought. Hall of Famer, like one of the best to ever do it. And Michael Pittman just beat a record. It's not like a single season, like fluky record. It's your first four seasons combined of catches. That's huge. Yep. Okay. Um, says, that was. He says, I feel like it calms me down knowing that I'm going to get multiple opportunities now. If one doesn't go my way, I know I'm not going to sit for three quarters before I get another pass. I feel like that was like a dig. That's like, a dig. Early on, this was rough, but now I'm good. Yeah, that's a dig. The squeaky wheel got his grease. Okay, that was a lot of Colts, which I don't think was a problem, but we do that We should lot. just change it. Huddle up a Colts podcast. A Colts football podcast. Because that's what we do every week. We do that We talk week. about, we're like, yeah, it's not a football podcast anymore. It's just Colts. Like, we just talk about Colts <laughs> gear. We don't talk about football. We just talk about the horseshoe itself, the emblem. Go blue. Uh, Green Bay. Corey, I do another. We could do a logo tier list. No. (laughs) No. The jersey one was bad enough. The jersey one was tough. It got a little tough. I liked it it in the beginning. It was good at the very beginning. Yeah, the first six minutes were great. That's rude. (laughs) 
Okay, uh, Corey, you mentioned okay, back, to the, back to the playoff picture. Okay, okay. so we got the Browns, the playoff Colts. Picture. Who else is like right on the edge there? Uh, the Texans, Steelers. Are the Steelers in? Who else is in? Who's in Steelers, the playoffs right Steelers now? Steelers are in right now. What? Oh, my God. Okay, what's their schedule? They need to be booted out. <laughs> get the fuck out. Seriously, I hate – just – okay, what's get their the, schedule? Get the fuck out of here. Uh, Steelers. Go slow here. Name them by, by week. Uh, Steelers are at home against New England. Loss. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a win. Uh, <laughs> at the Colts. Loss. Home against Cincinnati. Loss. At Seattle. Loss. At Baltimore. Get out of here. Pittsburgh, get out. Yeah. Where's that opening, Tony? Yeah, yeah you need that on the soundboard. Yeah. Yeah. Just the last That part. one? No. Oh. Yeah. The, the intro. I, oh, I don't have it. What are you, what are you talking when about? You're talking to your dog. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we need to tell. That's what we need to tell Pittsburgh. Uh, got it. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's if my. You, if you can just snip that up and put that on the board, <laughs> that's that's my feeling against Pittsburgh. Okay, so then, so the teams that are in right now: Chiefs, Ravens, Dolphins, Colts, uh, uh, Jacksonville, Browns, Jacksonville, Steelers, and Jacksonville. Jacksonville's Ooh. leading the division right now. They've are they're only one game up on the Colts and Texans right now. But did you that's see so old bad. boy? Before we shit yeah. on him, did you see old boy? <laughs> Yeah. Who are you talking about? I don't even know his name. I don't even know the motherfucker's T- name. T-Law? No, not T-Law. The quarterback, the backup quarterback. What the fuck's his name? Oh, C.J. Bethard? No, he wasn't the backup, was he? Yeah. Okay, maybe I was sure thinking of a different backup. There's so many backup quarterbacks right now that I cannot fucking keep track of this shit. Yeah, half the league is backup. Ha- literally like eight, eight teams are on backups now. Yeah. Okay, maybe I was thinking of somebody else. What'd you see? What did you? See? What happened? Yeah. What? What's the point of this? Uh, never mind. Forget that I said anything because I obviously don't know what I was fucking talking about. Well, somebody right. did something crazy. Yeah, some how, kid that I'd never heard is? of before. C- Cincinnati. Cincinnati's backup is um, who I was thinking of. Yeah. Jake Browning. Browning. Yeah. Him in fantasy this week in the workplace. Dude, league. that dude is. Yeah. That's I'm what I'm telling I was you. Of. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. When I, when he went in for Burrow, when he went out the first game, it took. I don't know, 10 plays. And I was like, this kid's for real. Yeah, he's the real deal. I, I honestly thought that that quick, like he passed the eye test for me. He And he had a horrible second game. What do you have this game? Like 350 and two and then one on the ground? Like yep. the dude is legit. Definitely. Uh, when, he's, when he's in the backfield, he looks exactly like Joe Burrow. Maybe that's it. Like I, I was just like watching what felt like a pro quarterback. Like <laughs> in the way he just had like a zip. I'm like, man, this guy needs to be a starter somewhere. That's funny. He looks like Joe Burrow when he plays football. Yeah. All right. No, so it, it, it took like three throws, and I was like, yep, he's it. Let's look at the, let's look at the Jags real quick. They've got uh, at Cleveland. This Trevor Lawrence injury. What do we look? What's the outlook on this? How long is he going to be out? Ankle sprain. Few weeks. Few a weeks, few probably. weeks. I don't know, man. The guy thought he was dying. Yeah, I, Dude, he ankle? looked like he thought he was dead. I didn't he, see this. He collapsed, bro. Like, crumbled. <laughs> Dead. Okay. To he be did. fair, Mac Jones did that and then played the fourth quarter. Mac, Mac Jones? Oh, my God. Well, Mac Jones oh knows God. that if he doesn't get his shit together, he's going to get fired. He, do you remember that? He couldn't even, like, put weight on it, and he, like, hopped to the locker room with they're, his they're like, and excruciating face. Yeah, and then he comes back four minutes later and throwing passes. I'm like, come yeah. on, dude, really? I will say, I had an ankle sprain a few years back playing softball. Oh, we're talking about your ankle sprain again, dude, Oh my ang- god! I would rather snap my arm in half than sprain my ankle. <laughs> you said this before. Oh, I swear no. to God, dude, I, I swear to God. I remember when you did that and you did walk around with a limp for at least a week, and you, you and you're just walking. Did you ever see the picture of my foot? About a hundred times. Dude, fucking ankle sprain. You're a watermelon? 
Well, yeah, but then like all the like blood, the from colors, it, yeah, like, the swelling, all like started sinking down my foot and my yeah, foot. I love Dude, that. It, it went down to my toes, and the like the base of my toes was all purple from the blood, like yeah, leaking down in there, like purple and green. Oh yeah, but it, yeah, it was bad. I could I could not walk the next day, so <laughs> fucking ankle sprain. Uh, I don't know how many games Lawrence. Yeah, I don't know how many games Lawrence is going to miss, but they've got at uh, at Cleveland, home versus Baltimore, at Tampa, home versus Carolina, and then at Tennessee. So, oh no, yeah, that's tough. Oh no, so I think I I think without Trevor Lawrence, they're going to lose this week to the Browns if Joe Flacco plays like he did last week, and then Baltimore. And then Tampa. Yeah, they could lose off three and of Carolina those. is the win, regardless who cares who plays them. And then they finish it off with a division. Like, God. That, that could be a playoff game, too. Well, not for Tennessee, but. Yeah, don't be right. surprised. Jacksonville, but... I, I don't. I'm not going to write off the Carolina game. We've seen this before. Co- coaches get fired. Teams change. Carolina doesn't have their first round pick. There's pride involved. Like, there is no benefit for them to lose. There's no gain like anywhere. You can't find a shred of reason why they would be okay with continuing to be embarrassed and they've been embarrassed. So in my mind, you know, we talk about these teams that get a new coach and then they get a resurgence around that guy. This is the, this is the mold. Like this is exactly what it is. This is a team that all they can earn back is their pride and their locker room, and the only way they can do it is by winning games. Losing them, they're not going to get a better, you know, better defensive player or a new weapon or the running back that they need or or better offensive line. Like none of that happens if they if they lose games. There's no benefit. Is Bryce, is Bryce Young a bust? I, I don't know. He's so little. Uh, what if what if they sign T. Higgins in the offseason through free agency? Bryce Young needs some. I mean, they got rid of Frank Reich. That's a positive. That's a positive. I don't. I, I can't believe he got hired so fast. But that that offense was just as bad as Indy's offense last year. And it's got to be Frank Reich. So hopefully they can get him a smart young offensive-minded head coach and get him in some better hands. Because my God, did I see that Frank Reich is going to be making like over six million dollars from the Colts and the Panthers for like the next probably, three years? Probably sitting at home. <laughs> Can you no imagine? wonder he's wanting. He said he's done. He's like, I'm fucking gone. He's like, I got the best job in the world right now. I'm, I'm a fired head coach. It's the Get best. The fuck out of here. <laughs> imagine making breakfast, honey. What would you like? We could serve it on hundred dollar bills. We're on the we're on the home stretch here, boys. Uh, NFC Eagles are a lock. San Fran's a lock. I'd imagine the Lions stay up there. NFC South still a shit show. Atlanta leads right now. Good uh, God. God. Cowboys. Sucks. Dude, it's so bad. Uh, Cowboys are probably going to be a lock. Hopefully not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota still hanging around. Green Bay's Ooh. in the playoff picture right now after a slow start for there we go. Jordan oh, Love. But he is uh, – Jordan Love is really – The NFC is so much stronger than the AFC this year. Yeah. What? The NFC is so much stronger than the AFC. You really like, feel yeah, there's four and a half dominant teams there. AFC has like two. Miami, Baltimore, Chiefs, and oh yeah, no, you're right. That's it. Bills are kind of stinky. Bills are a little Bills. stinky. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills won four straight to close this out and or yeah, four of these last yeah, what, five what games. What's their schedule look like? Because some of these crappy teams that are in are, should be out. With their schedules. Oh, oh my God. This is why oh, the no. Bills only have a 21% chance, boys. Oh, no. Oh, God. What is it? Oh, Jesus. At, at the Chiefs. Uh, Home against Dallas. Uh, at the Chargers. Not a, not an easy game. No, not a layup. Home against the Patriots. There's a layup. And then at the Dolphins. So they're playing three of these dominant teams. Wow. We're talking about. Dude. Get crapped on. That is fucking brutal. That is brutal. And they basically have to win out. Yeah. Oh, man. That sucks. Yeah, that's that's horrible. Jordan Love, boys, has come along here lately. I want to talk about Jordan Love and the Packers because 
They've snuck back into this. Jordan Love has 22 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. I, I, some of the stats on, when did they play? Was it third, last Thursday night or was it Sunday night football? Sunday night football. Yes. Yep. That's right. Um, some of his stats were identical to Aaron Rodgers through his first season as a starter. It was oh, like yeah. his, his touchdown to interception ratio was identical, his yardage, and there was like one other stat that was completely identical to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so Jordan Love's put it together here a little bit. And Packers are back in the mix. I want to see what their schedules looked like. Packers have won three straight, and they've got New York, Tampa, Carolina, Minnesota, and Chicago left here the rest of the season. Um, Go through I, that again. They, they are at, at the Giants. That's Monday yeah. Night Football this week. They're home against, home against Tampa. Okay. At Carolina. When? At, at Minnesota. And home no. against Chicago. Hmm. Division. Huh. But the Packers have a chance. Interesting. Yeah, it could be interesting. Super interesting. But they've lost Christian Watson again. What happened to him? Hamstring again. Yeah, that was He's going to be out multiple weeks again. It's like, that's a whole different team without him there. So that sucks. And he was finally, I know that he's been involved, but that game was like a resurgence game. game. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, me and my dad were texting back and forth about this. The Chiefs just decided to double Jaden Reed instead of Christian Watson. Like, what is that? And then so he dominated. And it's like made it easy for Jordan Love to dominate that game. It's like it was the most confusing game ever on defense for the Chiefs. Usually they're pretty good defense, and they game plan ahead of time. Christian Watson dominated them because he was one-on-one every time he threw it. Didn't make any sense. So you're not on the Jordan Without Love. Without Sneed, by the way. Legere Sneed was not on Christian Watson. So you're not on corner. the Jordan Love love train. I think it's getting better, um, which is which is good. And I think he he is he's working his way to be like serviceable and like a talented guy. Um, it's unfortunate that after he sits for like four years that he doesn't come in and like literally set the world on fire. But I guess what you're saying with Aaron Rodgers, he didn't either. So maybe it's just getting the in-game experience that makes all the difference. So it doesn't matter how long you sit. It matters how long you play. So... I don't know. I, I would, I would love to see him advance into like a, you know, a star quarterback. That'd be fun. He's just uh, not quite there yet for me. He's not quite there, but he's starting to they've show got, flashes. They've got time, but he he hasn't been a total dumpster fire. Like he's going to be starting for the right. Packers next year again. So he uh, he turned into a dumpster fire mid season, and now has completely turned it around. So that's just. Hey, and that's part of the process, harder right? to do. Honestly, it's harder to do, to yeah. break out of a slump like he did. It's, it takes a lot mentally to do that. So part of developing is uh, facing adversity. So I, at the beginning of the season, one of my most exciting things to watch this year was Jordan Love. And for a while there, it did not look good at all. But after that Monday night or that Sunday night game, I was really excited again about Jordan Love. So I am still rooting for Jordan Love. Yep, because I think it, at some point, like if Mac Jones or Zach Wilson turn into an okay quarterback, we'll be absolutely floored. Oh, they it's have definitely no hard. To, it's hard they to break no out chance. of a slump when you're that young. <laughs> Those two guys are done. Have you heard about the, all this Zach Wilson drama? Um, I saw Pat McAfee interviewing Rogers on ESPN while I was eating lunch yesterday at work. I heard him like talking about it, but I wasn't really aware of any of it. And yeah. I really, I'll be honest, I wasn't that interested in it. Something but, about a reporter that buried him or something. Yeah, it was Zach Wilson. Was, after they let go of Tim Boyle after his horrible game, Zach Wilson was named the starter again. But I guess, allegedly, we don't know what the actual truth is. I guess he told the coaches, he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I did see that. Not going to be the starter again. He, I, he, he said, I got to think about my future. Because he knows he's not going to be with the Jets. And if he gets hurt, he's going to really be screwed and never get a contract again. Um, but, yeah, he, I guess he was, like, refusing to 
go back in and like be the starter for the Jets. And then Aaron Rodgers like was like trying to give him pep talks, and Zach Wilson was like, "No." Nope, oh, good done news, with you. Zach! You're a backup quarterback for the rest of your life now. Right, which he's gonna be, but it's like he's just he's checked out. He's like, this team has been awful all year, and I'm out. Yeah, well, yeah. What a fucking whirlwind, like being benched, and then now they want you back starting, like. I'd probably yeah. be the same way. I'd be like, fuck you, dude. Get Seriously. Me, yeah, get me I don't blame out of here. Get it's like, oh, you're a dumpster fire, and now you want me to be the scapegoat again. Awesome. Cool. Put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame him at all there. Yep. So we'll see what happens Sunday uh, because they let go of Tim Boyle, and Zach Wilson's reportedly not going to play. So oh, I saw that we'll he see. was uh, – the most recent headline was that he was excited. He's ready now. Okay. Yep. See, this is why I say you just can't believe everything. You have no clue. But I thought it was, I thought it was at least funny. But I did to see the flip flop. I did see what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. You guys got bets. You want to do that, or Corey? Do you have something else? Uh, the only other thing I wanted to add on, we don't need to deep dive into the NFC. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we're in a really interesting place in football right now, where like, you don't have to have an elite quarterback to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Like everybody craps on Tua, but he's an MVP candidate. I would, I like Tua a lot, but I would never put him in an elite quarterback category. Um, I think, Oh wait, what? Really? Like, I I don't think he's like top, like the only quarterback that I view in the NFL right now as just unstoppable, like can carry a team is really just Pat Mahomes. Like he's in a tier by himself. All these other guys need coaching. Um, what about Jalen Hurts? I would put him in the needs coaching category. Really? What about Joe Burrow? Um, Joe Burrow might be a little bit of an outlier, but what I'm getting at it, like as a whole, like you look down, like there's no, there's no Peyton Manning's, there's no Drew Brees, there's no um, Tom Brady. These like three guys that are dominating Except every year. Mahomes. Is that what you're saying? Right. Mahomes is kind of the outlier right now. And like a couple, like Joe Burrow, could, when he's healthy, they're definitely trending towards that. But we've only seen like two years of it, right? So I don't know. I think we're in a really interesting spot in the NFL where you don't have to lean completely on a quarterback to be successful. Obviously, that position can't suck. But there's a lot of competitive teams right now that are successful with really good coaching. Uh, I think Detroit's a good example of that. I think San Fran's a good example of that. Like, I don't think Brock Purdy is a bad quarterback, but I don't think he could be successful somewhere else. You I th- don't? I don't. I think I think there's certain places where he might he he might be in good hands, but you can't drop him into Frank Reich offense and expect success. It's just not going to happen. He's a playmaker, dude. He. You should listen to Mike Shanahan talk about him. Well, that's like, the thing. I, I agree with you completely. It's not just in his system. He, it, he does it. It's not just separate. the system, but there's something about Shanahan and quarterbacks. Like, there is something in the water there. If he picks you and you're willing to listen to him, it's probably going to work. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's saying. We're talking about the last pick in the draft. Like, 32 teams had, what, eight rounds to pick this guy, and nobody wanted him. And they're all looking at college tape, and they all did the interviews, and they all had the physicals, and they all had all the same information. Like, a bunch of fucking quarterbacks, a lot worse than Purdy's performance, went before Purdy. He was the last fucking pick. And there's a, there I'm is Brady a... Brady got picked super late. I get it. He's the best ever. Dude, I get it. And You just never know. And you do never know. Is Brock Purdy going to be Tom Brady? No. I don't no, think so. But could he be a top ten quarterback? I think he could be, and I think this. But I think the system has a lot to do with it. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo; the dude fell to shit. Like we were all, we all saw through the charade with Garoppolo during in the Super Bowl, missing the wide open Emmanuel Sanders. I will never forget that play. That's when my eyes opened, and I was like, "Holy shit! This guy just missed the game winning touchdown in the Super Bowl without pressure on an open receiver." Like I'll never forget that. You can't coach that. So maybe Purdy won. But if Brock Purdy was in that place, they would have won a Super Bowl, and we're talking about Brock Purdy in a whole new light. And that could be true. That could be true. We need to see that before I can make that final determination. But Garoppolo was good until he wasn't anymore, and the only difference was the team. I think if Trey Lance was there, we wouldn't be talking about how successful Mike Shanahan's system is. That's why Trey Lance isn't there. Trey Lance was garbage. Correct. I hate Trey right, Lance, but- by the way. <laughs> 
I hate him as a human. I mean, I don't hate him as a human, but he's a trash football player. What what I'm getting at is the NFL has shifted to a, like, you know, these schemes and everything sneak up from high school to college, and then they sneak into the NFL over time. Like, the NFL's offense now is totally different than what it was when Peyton Manning was playing. Peyton Manning would drop back and slice and dice a defense. There's not a lot of quarterbacks in the league doing that. Like, Pat Mahomes is probably the closest example. These other guys are running this new offense, and I'm not educated enough to get into, like, what that entails. But I think it's opened the door to a lot more competitiveness, and it's kind of weird. Like, I feel like there are quarterback superstars in the NFL, but they're just not at that elite level that we used to see, and maybe it's because of the way things are formatted, but – um, it's just something that I've noticed in the last year or two that I found intriguing and I think it's good for the league. I think it opens up opportunity for other dudes, um, to just not like a team doesn't, if you have a well-coached team in the NFL right now and you have a, a coach that can find a quarterback that fits his needs, that quarterback doesn't have to have elite traits. He doesn't have to be fast or big or have the strongest arm. For example, Brock Purdy. If, if a coach can find just the right guy, a team can be successful. Gardner Minshew right now, winning games for the Colts. Not an elite quarterback, but he's out there getting wins. Yeah, good example. That's, and both of those examples, Brock Purdy, Gardner Minshew, and I'm going to use the Browns too, a playoff team right now that have had mid-quarterback play at best, whether it was Watson, Flacco. I mean, Flacco played good. I'm not saying that he didn't play good, but... Um, what I'm seeing, a commonality between, is commonality a word? Did I just do that thing that people who talk about football do where they make up words? You just went nuclear. Physicality, commonality. (laughs) There's a common theme here, and there are elite playmakers outside of the quarterback position. I'm thinking Michael Pittman. I'm thinking Amari Cooper. Think Nick Chubb, like Nick Chubb Debo got hurt. Samuel, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. We can name. It. You're exactly right. It's less about having the quarterback do it all, having the the quarterback be the smartest guy on the field. Brock Purdy's probably not the smartest guy on that offense. He's probably not. It's probably Debo or Christian McCaffrey. Brock Purdy just doesn't fuck it up. He knows what they're going to do, and he doesn't fuck it up. I think you're right, Corey. That's that's the way football is going, and it's I think football is better because it doesn't just depend on the quarterback now. As bets, Justin Herbert yeah. has the best hair in the NFL. Okay, that was an accident. I was on the wrong page. Let's do it now. Best bets of the week. Welcome back to Best Bets of the Week, the segment where Daniel and I square off every single week till the end of the season. I pick four spreads. Daniel picks four over-unders. At the end of the season, there's a winner. Uh, We tally up the total for the whole season, and the loser takes cracking shots on Super Bowl Sunday. Shout out to to Pirate Pile in the chat. Uh, Brought up Tony throwing up cracking on last year's. Was it last year or the year before that he threw up on the – Year before, because we really tortured him last year about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, if you boys hang around to the end of the season, uh, you could potentially see something similar happen. I'll get it straight into my first game of the week. This game happens tonight, Thursday, if you're listening. Um, Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, for some reason, I've had this urge to dive into primetime here lately, and... The Patriots are not capable of putting up points. They're going to play against TJ Watt. I heard that the over-under on his sacks for this game is 30. And uh, I'm going to take the Steelers minus six. It's going to be an ugly six. It's going to be an ugly seven. But the Steelers are going to win by more than six points against the... Despite the quarterback being gone, the Steelers are a much better football team than the Patriots. Steelers minus six tonight. Noise. I also have uh, tonight's game. The over-under is an astonishing 30 and a half. <laughs> Give me the under. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible game. It's going to be bad. Um, yeah, Mitch Trubisky versus 
who even is it? Are we back at Mac Jones or is it Bailey Zappi? I mean, I don't even know. Who fucking knows, dude? I heard Robert Kraft. Way. I heard Robert Kraft is gonna have to play a snap at linebacker for this game. <laughs> uh, heard Najee Harris might miss too. I mean, this game is just shaping up to be just a absolute trash fest. So I didn't really care what the over under was. I'm taking the under regardless. So. Yep. Uh, Lee Meow in the chat said, we're sticking with Zappy, which entails that Lee, Lee Meow is a Patriots fan. Lee Meow. Uh, who's going to win, Lee Meow? Um, unfortunately, Lee Meow, I think we have all decided that we won't be tuning into that game tomorrow night, and I think we're going to be watching the NBA for a change. But That's, why, hope- I'm, that's why I'm asking who's going to win. What's your, what's your final score prediction, Lee Meow? Good choice. I'm assuming that's to watch the NBA instead. Uh, yeah. But hey, you know, as a Patriots fan, like you've had your your cheese. You know, you've you've had your fill for the last two decades. He's got 14 six Steelers, which is a very oh re- my god. Hey, that oh cover that, that gets the job done for me, and it gets the job done for you. So I hope that's Did a real. Did he just predict that the Steelers win? Yes, he is calling the Steelers as as a Patriots fan, fourteen to six. Um, That's when you know it's just over. The fandom is like, let's see what next year brings. <laughs> hey, but let's see what Drake May can do for us. I know you you're you're a Baltimore fan. You haven't been there in a while, but as a Colts fan, we've been there, and it, it's exciting to hit the bottom and look towards the future. Belichick's probably going to be gone. You're going to be drafting a quarterback. It's time to you know it's time to get amped up again and have a little bit of hope. Uh, Honestly, which, never been there. Every time yeah. Baltimore's missed the playoffs, it's like in the last couple games and even on the worst seasons. So I've been, yep. been very lucky as a fan. Baltimore is a good franchise. Uh, my second game of the week is Indianapolis at Cincinnati. Um, I, haven't, I don't think I've placed a bet during this segment on the Colts all year. The win streak's rolling. The win streak's rolling. Um, I know the backup quarterback for the Bengals had a really good week, and I know you think he's elite. Um, no, I don't. That's not what I said. <laughs> he is Patrick Mahomes' brother. The Bengals have a bunch of dogs coming to town this week. A bunch of dogs that have been winning football games. And, uh, yeah, give me the Colts minus one and a half. They're going to win it fucking dirty again. We're going to win dirty. Noise. I almost put this in my over-unders, and I almost took the over, but the Colts' defense, um, you know, that stat there, the, over the last few games, they have not been all... It's, it's, it feels like a barn burner every week still with the Colts. Like, whatever game they have, whatever team they're playing is going to put up points against them, but lately it's been a little sketchy. So, I, so one uh, of the concerns on the radio head. this week for the Colts was Joe Mixon. Cause we've been bad against the run, but we've also got Grover Stewart coming back this week. So big Grove, big Grove. I Grove. I Grove. Grove Street. Uh, it's a party. It's a party. <laughs> it's a party. It's a party. Uh, next game. Sunday at four Vikings at Raiders. The over under is only 40 and a half here. Justin Jefferson's back. I don't know if you guys get the memo, but he is healthy now. Um, if they did not have a buy this past week, he would have played this past week. Um, even with Josh Dobbs at quarterback, I feel like, Justin Jefferson changes this entire game on both sides of the ball. The Raiders have to be more risky. Jacoby Myers has been coming on. So we got Aiden O'Connell, who's not scared to just put on the blindfold and Jameis Winston it down the field. Um, Jacoby and Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. And there's playmakers everywhere on both sides of the ball. TJ Hawkinson now. Jefferson, Addison's going to get open. There's... I, I would be shocked if this game does not hit the 40 and a half number. That is just not high enough for me to even consider the under. So 40 and a half, take the over on that game. Third game of the week in the one o'clock window on Sunday, the Los Angeles Rams travel to Baltimore. And now that I'm looking at this, if any game is going to bite me in the ass this week, it's going to be this one, but I've got the Rams plus seven and a half. 
Uh, part of my decision had to do with how shitty the one o'clock window is this week. And I think this is the best game in the window. So like, I could see this coming down to the last second, being a little bit of a shootout. And I don't understand why the spread's so massive. I know the Rams have not been the team they were two years ago. Uh, but Matt Stafford is back. He's playing halfway decent. They've got Cup. Uh, I know Naku is a little banged up. Uh, actually, I don't think he's playing this week, but I think this game is going to be a lot more competitive than Vegas is predicting. I think this will be the game to watch in the 1 o'clock window. Uh, I'm sure with, like, the Saints-Panthers could sneak, you know, sneak in at the last second on red zone and be a banger, you know, maybe a field goal to win. But give me the Rams plus 7.5. I think they keep this one close and they keep it competitive. I think the Rams are better than people think. And I've been saying it all year, and they bit, bit me in the ass all year, but Rams are better than what we think. They're at an all-time, you know, the expectation keeps getting lower, but they're still better than what we think. Okay. Um, it was funny. I was just trying to find a quote. It just happened. It said, Puka Nakua limited in a walkthrough at practice. Whoa. And <laughs> What's a limited walkthrough? Exactly. And so McVeigh was in an interview and he goes, I don't know what the hell that means. I just watched the guy do everything. <laughs> so he may play actually Puka Nakua. So, um, next game here, Sunday night Eagles at Cowboys buckle up. I think this is going to be a good one. It's in the dome. Um, I wrote down their last six matchups between these two teams because they play often. Um, the over under this time is 51 and a half. The last six times they've played, they've only not hit it once. And there's a couple games in the 70s. So this, this game has the recipe. And the last time they played, it was in Philly. It was raining. And they scored 51. So, yeah, I, I think this game hits the over. I think this is going to be a good game. 51 and a half. Both these teams are trying to... You know, Dallas thinks they're the best in the NFC, and, you know, oh, Eagles are trying God. to hold their number one spot. So, Don't even get me fucking um, both, started, of them, both of them still have, you know, as much to play for as, you know, week five. So, um, yeah, give me the over on this one, 51 and a half. Do you guys want to hear some dumb shit about the Cowboys? Let's hear it. All right. I, I want you guys to take a guess here. And I want I, the the closest uh, to guess without going over uh, or without. Yeah. How does it work on the prices? Right. The closest to guess without going over. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, the price. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Who's monitoring the chat? Uh, I've been peeking at it. Um, somebody in chat wants to know if you were pooping. That was pirate pile. How long has this been going on? Uh, we've been chatting with him for a few. You were pooping, but we were chatting with him. I wasn't pooping. Where'd you go then? My God, you've been there. <laughs> been gone forever. Okay. Don't ask direct questions. Yeah, he was taking a shit. What the This fuck? is the longest uh, picks of the week we've ever had because we've had a lot of good discussion in between. But anyway. Yeah, we had, a, we had a score prediction that matched me and Daniel's spread and over under on with tonight's someone game. in the chat. All right, I want you guys. Yeah, let's guess. The cheapest ticket to Cowboys Philadelphia football game on Sunday Night Football at Dallas. Cheapest ticket, nosebleed in the very back. $224. And I'm looking on, just for reference, I'm on SeatGeek, so I'm pretty sure they just, they're, they're all secondary. Like, they keep track of the deal score, you know, Um, what'd you say, Tony? Like two twenty four. I'm thinking two over two hundred bucks. And all right, two twenty four. I think it's more than that, so I'm going two twenty five. What the fuck? Oh, I, I did say without going over. Um, <laughs> if I were to actually guess, though, like if you forced me to guess first, I would have said something like three forty. Something stupid. So I'm going to include fees in the pricing. Sure. 
the cheapest ticket you can buy to the Cowboys game on Sunday night, if you want to sit in the fucking nosebleeds, if you want to go to the hospital, $476 for one ticket to see these cocksuckers play. What? $476. There's no way. There's no way. That's mind-blowing. To sit People in think the this highest... is like going to be the NFC Championship then or something. I, I just don't get it. To sit that's, in that's the highest-capacity stadium in the NFL, to sit in the fucking back. Is that true? Is that the highest-capacity? I'm pretty sure they've got the... LA might beat them now. Everything's but, bigger in Texas. Yeah. Unbelievable. I don't know how I fell upon that today, but... Wow. $476... Fees included per ticket. It's insane. Ceratops wasn't even close. <laughs> wasn't even close. I know that's ridiculous. I mean, if you go to a Colts game, you're spending 35 bucks. You can sit in the top row and then you can sneak down to the party <laughs> deck and have a good time. And you know, this the, is a playoff. Wait a minute. Right now. Wait, that reminds me bucks a couple of things about the last Colts game. First of all, Corey, tell Daniel what you thought of the chili dog. Chili dog was fantastic. I wish the cheese was melted a little bit more, but the flavor is all there. Best chili dog on the market. Also, right before I went to get that chili dog, I went back to my seats with a beer, and there were two punk-ass kids sitting in my seats. And I only needed one of the seats, but I don't give a fuck. I said, hey, kids, get out of my seats. And then I sat down and immediately stood back up and left (laughs) to bring you that chili cheese dog. That's all. Those are the Love two it. things I wanted to tell you. Seats okay. I had absolutely hated weren't nosebleeds, but they were like in the darkness of like the pits of Lucas oil yeah. and like the second to top deck. I, they were fine seats visually, but I felt like, I don't know. It I was, wasn't just like the pit of darkness. It was like, imagine if you were watching a football game in your basement. Yes. With a really big TV. That's really far away. And it's so far away that you can see the TV, but it's not lighting up the room at all. Yeah, it was, it, was it was really weird seating. I would not pay for those tickets. I would have rather paid for like 50 yard line nosebleeds for 50 bucks. Yeah. Uh, how many bets do we have left? Uh, that's a good question. I'm on my last bet of the week. I'm right. a last bet of the week. The Packers traveled to New York to play the Giants on Monday night football. My second primetime game of the week. And I just spent a good five, 10 minutes jerking off the Packers. So we're going Packers minus six and a half at the Giants. I I love me some Jordan Love right now. Uh, also, one of my picks, Packers-Giants Monday night, and it's just a theme this week of just pick the under on these crappy games. Um, I feel like the Packers are going to do enough to win, obviously, but I don't feel like the Giants are going to do anything on offense. I know... Tommy DeVito has been the Jake Browning recently, had a good couple games, uh, but I just don't see that happening. The over-under is only 36-and-a-half, and I'm still going to take the under. I just don't think this is going to be a good game. Prime time, two just kind of average teams. Give me the under, 36-and-a-half. Bing bong. You got a parlay, Tony, or were you busy shitting? I wasn't busy shitting, but I'm not doing a parlay. This week is bad. And I looked him over. I do not recommend a parlay this week. I'm not putting one together. I'm not parlaying hey, anything this week. You guys got Cowboys or Giants or fuck Cowboys <laughs> or Eagles? Um, that is a tough game. Cowboys man. are three and a half point favorites. If I were betting this game, I would buy the Eagles to plus eight and a half. What? And what's I, that? What are those odds? Uh, probably like minus. Uh, that's a good question. Corey, just go for the Eagles. Just go Eagles. The the Cowboys don't beat good teams. It's true. It's true. They just don't. The, they beat the Seahawks, and you know they were talking about in the commentary. They're like, "Oh, the Seahawks lose this game. Dallas beats a team with a winning record." And I'm like, <laughs> "Really? Six and five is a winning record that they're counting? Like they're just really." really grasping at straws here. So they're they're trying like what go through what the Cowboys have who they played this year and tell me who they've beat that has a winning record. Yeah. Daniel's right. It's pathetic. I'd take the Eagles. The Eagles and, are winning this game. And if the Eagles are getting points, I'll take the Eagles points. Yeah, they've they the yeah the cow yeah and the Seahawks really gave them a run for their money and the Seahawks are on the, right. on the Yeah they made it a great game. Yeah. The 
Cowboys have beat the Giants, the Jets, the Patriots, the Chargers, the Rams, lost to Philly, lost to San Fran, got fucked up, uh, beat the Giants again, beat Carolina, beat Washington, beat Seattle. And so far, they, you've named all the worst teams in the NFL that they've beat. And we're about to find out who the Cowboys are, who they are. They've got Philadelphia, Buffalo, who is struggling, but not an easy team. Um, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, and their next four, and then Washington to close it out. We're going to find out who the Cowboys really are. Cowboys are not a bad team. They beat, they beat the teams they should. Yeah, they're not bad. But they beat the bad teams. That's good. They beat the hell out of them. That's good. They struggle against the elites, and the, that right, like, I know the record's good, but they're not Take a Super Bowl team, boys. Take the Eagles. Eagles money line. Plus 122, I believe. Plus 154 to take the Eagles to win. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.